Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. Corey Fontana, Lipset, and uh, Tony Ursland with you again this week. Guys, it's been, it's been so long, I almost forgot how to do this. Uh, so here's the thing. We, we, we took a few weeks off and then, you know, around Thanksgiving and whatnot, but we also, we also didn't really want to come back until we had something to share, you know, some, some good news to share, and, and I think we're finally there. Coach, uh, I know there's a lot that we can't almost have yet, we're almost but, there. <laughs> but we're almost there. We do have stuff to talk about today, and, and, you know, as we sit here recording on December 18th, 2020, uh, where do we stand? We're getting close to uh, to the beginning of, of the 2021 wrestling season. Yeah, we have a little bit more clarity, uh, not as much as we'd like. So I just, I want to, I want to, you know, kind of preface that with people today. We cannot give you opponents and dates yet. I will say uh, it, we're hoping and it's, you know, you're always hoping, right? There's nothing for sure. But uh, next week, middle of the week is when we're hoping to have the Big Ten schedule. Uh, but what we do have is we have a pretty strong outline uh, in, in a lot of areas that can at least help us plan. You know what I mean? And um, so I guess the first thing that I would say is right now the tentative um, start date for the Big Ten um, conference only scheduling will be the weekend of January 9th and 10th. Okay. It doesn't necessarily mean every team's going to start off on that weekend, you know, because of different states and regulations. You could have some states or schools delayed to the next weekend or, you know, January 15th weekend. But the plan is to start uh, conference only on January 9th. We're going to have roughly a seven week schedule, finish up around February 20th. We will be taking the week off prior to Big Ten, still off. You know, I mean, that's been something we've historically done anyway. And then we're looking at March 6th and 7th with the Big Ten Championships. Uh, for the longest uh, time, we did feel like that we were probably going to be at a neutral site. Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Again, I always leave this open. Yeah, we're still not – we're not 100%. Nobody yeah. <laughs> writes anything in marker these days. Right. It's, it's all in pencil right now, right? So keep the erasers <laughs> handy. But – uh, it looks like Penn State will still host uh, the championships, you know, and so that's going to be the 6th and 7th of March, and we're still looking at, um, you know, our season ending in St. Louis with the national championships that third week in March as well. So at least we have the outline of what we're doing. The other thing I can pass on is uh, the planning-wise, at least at this point as we sit, is we're looking at nine events, uh, not nine dates, but nine events, spread out over the course of six dates. They're looking at having each team have a quad, you know, four teams involved, uh, a try with the three teams, and then four individual duels where each school would host two at home and two away. Okay, and so there's your nine, your nine competitions. Um, another point that's been heavily discussed and has been approved is what we call these uh, extra matches. We can't call them exhibition, and because we know in this day of red tape, you you know, language means a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and you got to call so it the right, you got to call it the right thing. Words right. mean stuff. Right. And we really thought flexibility during this time, you know, of COVID and the pandemic, it was important that we still have ways to get our guys matches, even maybe beyond just the 10 matches in the duels. Okay. So, um, you know, if a kid should miss it because of COVID or injury, there will be extra matches wrestled uh, at each event. Um, where those kids can get their match count up. Um, that that kind of leads into qualification yeah. um, criteria as well, guys. And so what I will pass on is, um, you know, in years past, it was eight matches 
um, minimum that we're required to be in a coach's ranking, which is part of our, our criteria. They have cut that down since and said that we're looking at four matches um, as your minimum. So that, that's kind of the key number where, again, we're thinking about if a kid misses part of a season for whatever reason and we need to get those four matches in, then he starts appearing in the coach's ranking and, and would be in a better position to qualify for, for the national championships. So that's why the extra matches kind of becomes important. I also think personally, and I know a lot of other coaches in the Big Ten felt the same way, it gives us flexibility to wrestle different kids. Mm -hmm. Historically in our sport, we have open tournaments, and kids still have the ability to compete, even red shirts. And so, you know, for these kids' hard work and effort, they still will have opportunities to get matches in uh, during the season. And I think that's very important for more than just qualification, uh, you know, criteria, right? So it, that should be a, a nice opportunity to get more kids matches as well. You're talking um, about their mental – I mean, you're, you're kind of talking about their mental health there. Yeah, like yeah. you're talking about student-athlete welfare, right? I mean, mm -hmm. student-athlete welfare. You know, we're, we're a sport that I consider lucky where, you know, if you're not the guy, right, there's only 10 people that get to wear the singlet on any given night. We've had ways of, of providing these kids matches, and they can develop through that. You know, they get to see, you know, uh, kind of, you know, how things are going for them and how their hard training is paying off. So I think that's huge. And, and uh, you know, whether you're talking about mental health or, like you said, student-athlete welfare, you know, the, the, that's where that kind of falls under it uh, to me. And so, so I'm, I'm really happy that as Big Ten coaches, that was something we felt strongly about. And it looks like we'll be able to provide at each and every date of competition that we have. Okay. And it's hard enough. It's hard enough to keep kids motivated consistently if they're if they're not the guy in the lineup. Mm -hmm. You know, because you know you're going in there and you're training so hard every day, and you're not the starter. And you know you got to be working towards something. They're working towards something, and if you you start taking away those things that they can work towards, it just makes it makes it harder on them, makes it harder on the coaches, makes it harder on everybody. For sure, you know, and, and this year is, is tough enough in that way. So, you know, working to find ways to, uh, you know, give these kids opportunities to compete, which they've done their whole life, I think, is, is, is good. So I'm, I'm hoping that will, uh, you know, uh, be the case and that carries forward. Uh, the other thing I would mention, too, is when we're talking about qualification criteria, because we won't have the match count um, to have an RPI, which has been, a, you know, a big part of the data driven to select qualifiers, um, they're going to do away with that for this year in terms of qualifying criteria. And so they're going to go on historical data. Okay. So they're going to go with the last five years and they're going to look on the historical data from qualifiers from each conference and those things, and then award the qualifiers uh, to each qualifying tournament in that way. Okay. And I, and I do, I think that's fair. It's something we'd done in the past. Right. I know we, we had been trying to move away from that to a more data driven approach which we all liked and we felt was good. But for this year only, certainly, it seems kind of the best way to go. Um, so at least coaches and kids know how many uh, qualifiers are coming out of, you know, out of each, each weight class from each conference and those kinds yeah. of things. So, uh, so there's, we know, there's is it going to be, there. is there going to be any sort of consistency or, or is it going to be like the current model where, you know, you may get seven bids at 25 and nine at 33 and six at 41, or is it going to, or do you think it's going to be the same number across all 10 weights? No, I, I don't expect it to be the same number across all 10 weights, at least as, as it went before, you know, as I, as I alluded to several years ago, we went through this and we're each, you know, I think the, the last number I remember is the big 10 maybe had 72 
You know what I mean? Got, yeah, no, the Big Ten got seven at every weight and two wild cards. Right. So, the, but, so it could be if you look at the new data and you say, listen, the Big Ten's been sending 81 every year for the last five years. Okay, maybe it's 81. And then you're more right than wrong in terms of, okay, they gave us eight and then one wild card for, for the nine weights. You know, that could be interesting. But um, I don't expect it necessarily to work out that way. I think they're going to give us – uh, you know, our number, and then, and then we're going to have to live with it. What makes it interesting is in the last five years, or at least that I'm aware of, let's talk about a, a team like you and I. Five years ago, they were in the MAC. Now they're in the Big 12. Right. So how does the committee look at they were here, now they're here? And how does that affect – they'll have to adjust, right, for, yeah. for, for that data. So, you know, it's not, it's not foolproof, but – Conference you know, realignments confuse things. <laughs> right. Right, right. And so, so yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what that looks like. But at least it provides some clarity on what you have to do to get to the national tournament. Um, now, I did mention RPI. The one thing I'll say about the RPI is they can still use that, but it won't be as a qualifying criteria. It could be as a seeding or even um, if you're picking uh, wild cards, right? If, if you look at two kids who are very similar, and maybe they each have nine or ten matches, they could then look at that sample size and use uh, use the RPI in that manner okay. to kind of compare similar kids. But they're just not comfortable in how much you know data we're going to have given the mat, what the match count could be to use it as a criteria to qualify. So, um, Corey, know, you want to have a little fun here? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Tony, what does RPI stand for? Rating percentage index, I believe. Not bad. I'm proud of you. I didn't know. I didn't know if you pulled that one out. Well, I try to educate myself a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'm, I'm great. I've been dropped in my head a lot, but but I'm I'm trying to hang in there. For people that don't know what the RPI is, like uh, Tony said, it's the ratings percentage index, and it is a schedule and win percentage based um, metric. And so what it is, it is. I believe it is 25% your personal winning percentage, 50% your opponent's win percentage, and 25% your opponent's opponent's win percentage. And so you're talking about a boatload of numbers and, uh, and math, which you know everybody knows I'm really good at, um, that, that, that gets put into a computer and they, they spit out a number for everybody. So it, you know, yep. it doesn't, uh, it has a lot more to do with um, who you wrestle as opposed to who you've beat. Right. Like that's a common misconception with people and the fact that like, you know, you can have a great win over a great opponent um, and it means almost nothing in the RPI. And, that, and that's the same metric that's used across sports, right? You, you'll hear RPI thrown out in yep. basketball, in volleyball, you know, in, in various other sports, it, they're all that same, that same formula. It's just applied, you know, to different competition. I will say, and no this is one thing I don't know about wrestling that I'd be curious to know is I know that in basketball, um, whether or not a contest is at home or away has an effect on the RPI. Like a win on the road is, is much more valuable in the RPI than a win at home. And so I don't know if that is uh, – I don't know if that's accounted for in wrestling or not. I, it's, it's an interesting question. I don't believe it is. Yeah. I, I don't believe, you know, home or away has, a, uh, has an impact. 
on the uh, the RPI for wrestling. At least not that I'm uh, I'm aware of. I guess. I guess. Yeah, but it's like I said, it's a it's a uh, it's a heavy weighted piece of the pie uh, when it comes to basketball as far as how those things are uh, how those things are calculated. Yep. Well, and I know volleyball uses almost exclusively the RPI, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. You know what I mean? To to select a lot of their teams, which they're as in everything, there's good, you know, and there's bad. There's pros and cons. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, we use three prongs. Um, you know, the one that it's actually been given less weight over the years has been the coaches ranking, right? You still have to have the eight matches minimum, but the coaches still would rank the top 33. Uh, you have the win percentage which is given as a metric, and then you the, the RPI as a metric. So we had really moved towards trying to be more data-driven, which I believe is the right way to do it. You know, it, it's shown, I think when you look at the qualifiers and who's, you know, being an All-American, that approach has been paying off. It truly seems to get the best kids in the right slots, at least, you know what I mean, the most deserving, let's put it well, that and way. It, and it also, um, you know, it took care of the situation where you would have really strong weights and really weak weights, you know, and, and you're, you're giving the, you're giving the right amount of qualifiers to, you know, cause I mean, we've seen even recently in the big 10 where we've had certain weights that have earned 10, 11, 12 yeah. spots. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you just have some loaded weights and then you'll have another weight. That's just a little on the light side. It's just not as tough that year. It's top heavy, you know, whatever, whatever excuse you, you know, whatever, however you want to verbalize it. Um, and you only get five bids at that weight. And so yep. you don't, you, you, you don't end up in those situations where guys who deserve, who, you know, did well all year and they deserve to be at the national tournament, you know, they don't get excluded because their conference only got seven bids. Right. For sure. Well, and I think um, it, it takes out the, the situation that we have in the big 10. If you look at match counts for some of our guys, you know, they, uh, not, not our guys when I say Purdue, but like in the big 10 match counts are a little bit lower for some of those, those mm-hmm. guys. Cause you know, let's use uh, Kyle Snyder a few years ago, for example, he would be competing in freestyle overseas, you know, at the same time he's, you know, he's competing collegiately. And so his match count might be down, you know, you know, he's, he's a one seed and you know that he's going to qualify for nationals, but if he doesn't qualify the weight, either having a, a win percentage or an RPI, you know what I mean? Then when he goes to nationals, you may have you know had seven spots, but he's going to take one. You know what I mean? He's going to steal a spot essentially. So you know those kinds of things. There's always those issues that we're looking to remedy. You know because the goal truly is to get uh, the best kids to the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I, like I said, each each method has its pros and cons. Um, I think you know uh, bringing the coaches um, ranking down a little bit was probably the right thing to do. But at the same time, right, you know, who sees these kids more than the coaches? So right. it's an interesting uh, paradox. But I, like I said, I know this year we're going to go back to the historical data and we're going we're, we're gonna to go with it. Well, the other thing, too, though, that, um, you know, you talk about the, the glory of sport and everybody loves the Cinderella story. You got to leave you got to leave that door open for the for the kid that, you know, may have not had a great season, but, but they can put together that that one big that one big run and and uh and have a great tournament or you know whether it's a yeah. conference tournament or the national tournament so you know you yep. gotta leave you gotta leave hope alive for everybody because that's you know that's where you know, we talked earlier about you know gotta have something you're working towards yep you know that brings up too when you're talking about um you know kind of those those people who will surprise people it brings up now that we seed uh all 33 you know like they literally because of the metrics they they rank them out <laughs> one through 33 
And um, I know some people feel like, uh, well, hey, you're, it's probably the right thing to do. I mean, in my opinion, I don't want to speak for other coaches, I guess. No other coaches have strong feelings on this. But some of the fun, too, was you go and, and you know, after you seated 12 or even 16 at one time, there were some really dangerous draws in there because there's some really good kids, 17 to 33 in there, and you just didn't know where they were going. You know, that, yeah. that one seed could pull whoever – you know, after the 16 or 12. And, and so there was some fireworks in round one and that kind of made it, you know, maybe more exciting, right? Like that was as a traditionalist, I enjoyed like, man, there's, there's going to be some things going on here in round one um, and maybe not so much, you know, so now, you know, we, you'll, you'll always see some upsets, but that is, it's an interesting thing, you know, evolution of where we've gone with the tournament. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're still made a few follow-up questions, Tony, about the extra matches concept. I, I think that's a great idea. I, I, and these might be questions you can't answer at the moment. Will it be like an agreed-upon number by the coaches going into an event? Like, okay, we've got five more guys. We want to get a slot, so we'll have our tender to the duel, and then five additional. It's just something that you and, you and your peers are going to talk about beforehand. Will it be? Will there be a situation where okay, we want, you know, maybe both teams have really good depth at 125, uh, or yep. one team has two great 125 guys, and so Devin gets two matches that day. Like how many? What what sort of yep. what sort of rules are in place on this? So um, no, th there's rules in order to make the match count, right? Like. That's why we can't call them exhibition. Exhibition right. would not be a countable match. It has to be an extra match. Okay. I will say this has kind of come from the concept for anybody who follows, or maybe you're not aware. We may go to these events like South Beach duels or journeyman duels, and they'll have, you know, you bring, you travel extra guys. And as mm -hmm. I said, we've always liked to get these extra guys matches. So, you know, one day could be the dual meets. And then the next day you put these in the, in four man round robin groups and they get three extra matches, right? And so it, it was kind of really born out of that uh, process that we've had already um, throughout the, the seasons. And so we just thought, okay, we need to do this after each duel. No, there's not a set number, and it can be definitely agreed upon based on that team's needs. Okay. You know, if I know that, if I know that, uh, hey, um, you know, um, Indiana's going to travel with 16 guys to this duel with us, uh, and, and, you know, Coach Escobedo may say, hey, we, we would like to get all six of these extra matches. Well, I'm the home team. I weigh my guys in. We'll get them. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to accommodate them. Sure. So there, there has to be flexibility. Um, and also the other considerations here, uh, as of right now, we still just have our, you know, our two officials. We're not trying to you know, get those guys to officiate for a day and a half. Right? <laughs> so there has to be some consideration. We're not going to run a tournament. <laughs> after the duel so I, I don't envision it being like another extra 20 matches mm -hmm. but I have no problem saying yeah there's there could easily be several matches following that duel you know and, but then again you got to think of you know cost we got to now we got to think about what do we have to pay these officials to work extra mm -hmm. on that day in our gym so th there's a few things out there that have to be uh, ironed out but but no I think your questions are good ones I just look at it more as a 
who are they traveling with and who needs matches. And then as coaches, we're going to try to accommodate people. You know, I think that, that that's the one thing, all, you know, every big 10 coach was like, yeah, it's the right thing to do. So if they have people available and we need extra matches, we're going to try to do the best we can. And it could be for backup guys, guys who aren't, you know, your number one, or it could be, you know, that guy who's been out and, he, and simply he needs two matches on that last event of the year right. to get, to get his match count up. So that, that's, that's really cool. It's, it, I, I think it's a great concept. Like you said, it's something that's been in play, but not really, you know, as big of a deal. Now it's going to be sort of spotlighted and, and good on you guys for, for figuring that out and, and making sure that that gets implemented. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's a really solid adaptation to, you know, the circumstances and the times that we're dealing with. Yeah. Yep. Uh, as a caveat to that, because I alluded to it, I will mention that there is a, um, it's something we've put forth. It's not been approved. So I'm not telling you this is what it will be, but because of, you know, COVID having flexibility and we're not a, you know, we're a weight class sport. So mm -hmm. I can't just sub another player into a different position. Like, Hey, this game, you got to play here. You know, like football. You you're can't a tackle, play right but today, Yeah. Today you're a guard or I, any left fielder. Let's move them over to center. That, that can't happen. So we did request, um, you know, having one guy or two guys per weight, travel and available on, on dates that we have uh, multiple matches. So that means our travel party would be 20 people of athletes only. Okay. And that's a change where before it was 15. So, um, you know, there's been some things put forth that we don't quite know yet, but, but we'll see, you know, I, cause I do think again, flexibility is going to be required. And so we'll just have to see where we kind of land. Uh, listen, clearly more uh, considerations here than just, Oh yeah. 20 for this year because of the pandemic. There's lots of things that have to be evaluated and, and worked through, but just so people understand, these are, these are things that are being talked about and are real considerations for the season. Yeah. Um, anything else on schedule, Corey, that, that is still hanging in your head that you're, you're trying to figure out or. There's, yeah. There's one thing we talked about a little, we started talking about a little bit before we went on, on, on air as it were here. Uh, <laughs> I know there's been some frustration, you know, uh, amongst fans a little bit that some schools released their, their full schedules, you know, last week and, and, and the majority of schools didn't, I know the big 10 hasn't done that yet. And, and like we were talking, you know, there's, there's a lot of different considerations within conferences, um, testing protocol, travel, um, you know, different standards uh, within different conferences, COVID standards. Um, and then another big one in the Big Ten is TV is a really big concern, or not concern, but a really big element of NFL, Big Ten really? wrestling. So getting, getting virtually every, if not every competition on the Big Ten network for you guys is just, it's crucial, it's vital, it's with you know, fans probably not being allowed in most sports venues for the foreseeable future. Like you want to be able to, to schedule these all at a time where as many of them can be showcased as possible. Um, so that's just, uh, that's just another variable that, that is a part of the mix here for, uh, for Big Ten scheduling. Yeah, no doubt. And, and listen, we really appreciate what uh, BTN does for wrestling. They've been able to showcase it uh, in a tremendous way. And our numbers, as we've talked about before, have continued to grow, right, in viewership and minutes watched and all of those things. So that's, that's been tremendous. 
And, and I know they're, they're trying to find the best way to do this as well. I mean, like problematic things, you know, we talk about these multi-dual events, quads and tries. You know, I, I don't know that you can do that from a TV perspective. Now, clearly, that's their decision, but I think that's, there's, that's going to be problematic. That's going to be a, a tougher thing to do versus mm -hmm. maybe when we're each doing our four individual duels. I feel like that's probably where they're going to focus, you know, their time and energy is on being able to present those individual duels in, in a tremendous way. Right. And they'll do that. Um, whereas I'm not really sure how you, how you do or broadcast. Maybe if you've got two mats in a gym all going at the same time, you know, got a couple of ring circus. So it will be interesting to see where we land. Uh, I am hopeful in the next week we have everything there so we can really, you know, Tanner can start doing his job, right? I mean, right. Tanner, Tanner needs work. to, he needs to look at travel and hotel rooms and stuff. I'm enjoying the vacation, Tony. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Like, yeah, they can, they can wait as long as they want. I'm, I'm good. So, right, right. So, getting all through, so I'm, I'm getting anxious all, to, getting all that's, uh, broadcast is that's, that's my, that's my problem. Make that, uh, make that our right. problem, you know, right. You're right. <laughs> yep. No, I, you know, what I envision happening too is, uh, I envision us getting the schedule on uh, Christmas Eve and me, me calling Tanner saying, Hey, go to work. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, Tony, hey, Tony, you got my wife's number, right? Call her. Call her instead. You can tell no, her. No, I'm, I'm not calling her. I'm, I'm leaving Jess alone, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to run from that call. <laughs> She's in her own season, man. You She's ain't in her kidding. Own season. You ain't kidding. It's been a, uh, it's been interesting. She's, she's got to make her first road trip this weekend. So It'll be uh it'll be a bachelor pad over over at my house for the weekend. There you go. But uh no, it's um the TV benefit, you know, like you like you said, Corey, you alluded to this. Um it has been frustrating to have to wait. But um the reality is is that the reward at the end of it, the fact that, you know, the benefit of we get so many matches in our conference to be televised and they're looking at how, you know, I don't know how COVID's going to affect it, but like, I know that the goal is to broadcast more, is to televise more, to figure out how they can get more, more wrestling on TV and make sure that all of them are at least, you know, in the worst possible scenario, they're at least streamed. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, that, that BTN plus product um, just keeps getting better. And uh, you know, they keep offering more options for people, you know, they now, for the first year this year, you can um, you can subscribe to just your school's content, or you can subscribe to just a sport content. Like if yep. you want just all the wrestling matches, you can subscribe to just all the wrestling matches now. That wasn't available before. You know, in addition to buying the entire suite where you just get everything, which is what I do because you know, junkie. You want it all. Uh, we we <clears> watch <throat> we watch it all. So um, it's a. Uh, it sucks having to wait, but I, I really think the the reward and the payoff for uh, for Big Ten wrestling fans is is going to be going to be worth the wait. Totally agree. Speaking of uh, rewards and awards, uh, yeah, the fall semester wrapped up, right? That's called a segue in the business. Uh, <laughs> the the, the well fall played. semester wrapped up, and you guys uh, you guys had another another outstanding year in the class. Well, uh, half a year in the classroom, uh, uh, yep. just. Uh, Got to be awful proud of the work these guys are doing under really strange and really challenging circumstances. Yeah, no, you know, you said it best. I mean, it's, it was really challenging, a lot of adversity, especially 
you have freshmen coming in and uh, to not be, you know, in class all the time. And so you're, you're trying to adjust in that level, right? Not only the level of training, but the level of school and homework and it just the energy and time it takes was, was tough on the young guys transition. Um, so just proud that, Hey, they got another, another first out of the way. You know what I mean? They got their first semester done. Um, and our, our QM GPA stayed over a three point, you know what I mean? So that was, that was nice. Um, and then we have a lot of guys who uh, thrived. You not only got through it, but they thrived and did very well and are, are going to be honored by Purdue. We, we don't have, I know from you know, us talking earlier, we don't have the Big Ten honor roll yet. That's going to be down the road. But just within our department, we had a lot of guys on the team uh, that, that did a nice job. And so just but proud of everybody because it is, it's, it's a tough situation and, and where maybe guys didn't do as well as they wanted, we'll, we'll find a way we'll, we'll adjust and, and uh, you know, find a way to kind of be better this next semester. So, but again, just proud of the effort they put forth and, and how they finished up. Now we're in a nice spot where, you know, we've got about a month just to think about wrestling before, before school starts here, uh, you know, uh, third week in January. Um, To speak specifically to some of those awards, we had 12 guys um, make the coaches honor roll which is a semester GPA between a 3.0 and a 3.5. And we had seven more guys who were on the ADs on a roll, which is uh, 3.5 or better. Hmm. Uh, so 19. Including, including yeah. a couple uh, a couple 4.0s in uh, Parker Phileas and Max Lyon. Hats off to those guys. For sure. And uh, both Christian Navita and McCartney Parkinson, first, you know, first semester of college, they managed to take care of business, make that ADs on a roll. So, uh, nice. Shout out to those guys and, and I mean, all the guys that, you know, did, did such a good, you know, 19 guys out of a, you know, 31 man roster. That's a, that's a pretty good percentage of, you know, guys above a three point and guys taking home some, some hardware. Yeah. It, you know, like you said, kudos to those young men. Uh, and, and honestly, you know, cause they did, they did awesome, but I will give a kudos to the entire team. Even some of the guys who struggled it's tough. You know what I mean? You know, when you're one week, you're virtual and the next week you're trying to be in class and deadlines come and go, you know, uh, when you're making that big step up, it can be tough. So I am, I'm, I'm very proud of the team in general and have no doubt that, that we will be even better for having gone through the experience uh, next spring. Yeah. Corey, you got anything else today? Anything else going on? I don't think so. Uh, um, Merry Christmas to you both. We're, yeah. we're a week away from Santa coming to town. And, and I know, we talking uh, about Santa's, Santa's right there, Corey. <laughs> you got a little trim up, and I love it. it. It's coming. I mean, we're not quite there, but, you know, ho, ho, ho. And uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, but, hey, uh, you two are probably getting lumps of coal in your socks, so don't don't get your hopes up. Hey, I can bet on fire. Heat the house. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – I spent most of my night life on the naughty list, Tony. I don't think it's going to change yeah. anytime soon. No, I, I got it, man. I, I'm right there with you. I got to tell you, I'm ready for this damn elf to get out of my house, though. <laughs> hey, though I want to know this. I know this is going a little sideways. So, so we got an elf, Shelby. Okay, Shelby's in the house. Yep. Shelby was hanging from a fan by uh, one of those, uh, uh, you know, light-up necklaces that you have, right? The, yeah. this, the Christmas light necklaces. Uh, swinging around on the fan this morning, giving the boys quite a show. So Shelby was uh, a little rough this morning, but uh, I don't know if it's the same way at your guys' house every morning. It's wake up and what's, what's, what's the elf doing? Tell you what, yeah. 
It, it actually gets the kid out of bed, which is a miracle in yeah. itself. We don't do the elf thing yet. That may, oh. We may have to incorporate that down the road. I, I don't know. That's uh, I, I've heard of it. We just I didn't oh, grow, I didn't grow up with it, and we didn't you know. Shelby's been watching movies, you know, with a bowl of popcorn in the middle of the, the mm-hmm. living room. Shelby's been into the hot cocoa. We're riding fans. I mean, it, you know, it's it's getting crazy at our house. Shelby sounds like Shelby knows how to party. All right. Shelby's our having elf. a good time in 2020. Our elf's name is Max. He broke his leg uh, er, early on, but but recovered quick thanks to Santa. And uh, <laughs> Max, went, Max went fishing the other day, caught some some goldfish crackers. Yeah, um, yeah. I walk in the house and my daughter goes, Dad, we're going to eat good tonight. Max cut three. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, good job, Max. I'm a little concerned, though, because we woke up this morning and Max was having a poker game with uh, Woody <laughs> and Jesse and Bullseye yep. from Toy Story. So th- there might be uh, – we might need an intervention at the Palm House. Was Max um, winning is the question, though. Uh, well, they were, they were gambling candy. Okay. <laughs> which was a problem with the kid because it was her Starburst they were using. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Problematic. Yeah. Problematic. This is. Have you guys seen Tom Mitchell's Die November that he does with his kids? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well yeah. versed in Die November. By Boiler Bylaws. You know. Shout shout out to our guy over in compliance. The creativity he puts into that with Die November with his kids. Yeah, I think that's like a year round project. Uh, personally, mm-hmm. I, you know, thirty days in a row of, or whatever it is of that is exceptional. Got a, he's got a game plan. He's got to do scouting reports. You know. Yep. Yeah. If you know Mitchell, this sounds this all sounds accurate. That's yep, that's on point. <laughs> um, guys, hopefully the schedule is out next week. Uh, we will we're gonna take a, a, a bit of time off from the show, but uh, you know, obviously everybody stay tuned to to the channels for uh, all the latest and uh, we're gonna we're probably gonna leave it there. We we've talked about everything including else today, so uh, uh, we're good. Uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays to everyone and uh, Uh, We'll catch back up with you uh, after the new year. Boiler up.